And welcome back into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Zader. After a while, uh, a bit of a hiatus because there's like no news happening in the NHL. So I thought there's not much to really talk about. But uh, now we're we're less than a week away from the, uh, the Canucks season, NHL season starting up and the new North division, which uh, is going to have all the Canadian teams and very excited to have three uh, writers that uh, cover those, a few of the Canadian teams there. And, and we have J- Jacob, Jeremy, and Trej. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for dropping in. It's uh, it's amazing to have hockey back. And uh, this new Canadian division, uh, it's going to be amazing to actually talk about and and to watch all these games in very quick succession. Uh, how are you guys all doing? Good. Doing good, thanks. I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. It's it's going to be super fun. Yeah, this uh, this season's going to be interesting. There's a lot of new stuff. Uh, a taxi squad, which which is going to be interesting addition to, to the rosters, and a lot of teams that uh, made a lot of additions in the off season. So uh, let's get right into it. We're going to go through every Canadian team and uh, kind of do a little bit of a preview of their their off season, what what they have coming up and uh, what their the challenges are that are going to be in this division uh we'll start we'll start uh out west um actually we'll start out east we'll go out east we'll start with uh, the ottawa senators uh and we'll start with you jacob uh how do you feel the ottawa senators are kind of stacking up in this division with all their additions all right so I'm going to start by saying as much as I love the Ottawa Senators, I've been a Sens fan my entire life. I don't think the Sens have to, a big, big chance in the Northern Division, the All-Canadian Division. But I do believe that the Senators have had a lot of improvement this past offseason. Like, it's basically a brand new team from last year. We, had, we brought in guys like Derek Stepan, Matthew, Matt Murray, uh, Erica Branson, even uh, uh, Evgeny Dadunov. We brought in a lot of key guys. I think that uh, Ottawa is going to be – I'm not going to say they're going to turn heads, but I think they're definitely going to uh, wow a lot of people compared to the expect expectations. Like I don't, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to finish at the bottom of the league this year. I think they're going to definitely take a step up from where they were last year. I think. Yeah. Um, what about you uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jeremy? Uh, how do you feel they did this off season? They did made a lot of additions. I think they addressed the needs they had. Um, I don't want to hear anyone say we don't have grit anymore. I'm tired of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can see them challenging for first in the division. Um, I don't see them being the best in the league, but I think the new North division stacks up pretty well for them. Yeah, the Maple Leafs, uh, I think, addressed their biggest need this offseason was grit and defense. And I've said so many years and so many seasons that they're not going anywhere until they address that defense. And uh, bringing TJ Brody was a big deal. And, uh, yeah, I think that they're going to be good. Um, so we'll go Brody. to Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Trej, what do you feel they did uh, this offseason and how they're going to be in this uh, division? Uh, I think uh, Montreal – probably is the most improved team from next last year in the North division. They added, uh, uh, they added, they filled every hole they needed the backup goaltender. They got a quality backup. Statistically, Allen was the best backup goaltender in the league last year. Uh, Josh Anderson's going to bring them size up front that they definitely needed, especially to play with Suzuki and Drouet. Uh, 
Edmondson, I can give or take Edmondson, but I mean, he's going to bring him a, a veteran defenseman in the back that could back up Romanoff. Uh, Romanoff from uh, the way he's been playing in the scrimmage. I just got done a bo- podcast with uh, Montreal reporter, John Liu, and he says he's one of the best looking guys on the ice. Uh, he's the first one on the ice, last one off the ice every day. Uh, and they also added uh, Tyler Toffoli to help with their scoring. Uh, they have four, I'm going to say three lines that could uh, play very well on any given night. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division because I don't think they are, uh, but they're definitely, I think, going to be in the top four of the of, of the division to uh, to make the playoff. Yeah, Montreal is going to be interesting, and it's going to be fun to actually play. Uh, you know, the Western teams being able to play the East a lot more. Like the two playing only twice a year was – was good, but this is going to be like nine times. So this is going to be very interesting to have uh, for the fans. For too bad we weren't, you know, that there no one's going to be in the stands to watch it. But uh, it's still going to be amazing to talk about and watch. And uh, so we we have a few other Canadian teams we don't have writers here that we talk about. But let's talk about uh, the Winnipeg Jets. They didn't really make a lot of moves. Uh, what do you think, uh, Treasure, about uh, the Jets? Uh, the Jets, all they really did was bring Statsny in <clears throat> to help with their their uh, at center, I guess. He got a good veteran presence who was there before. But they didn't address their need. That's defense. They have absolutely no defense. Uh, Josh Morrissey, I guess, is their best defenseman. But I think uh, because of Hellybuck, maybe they're counting on it. They're t- kind of reminds me of Montreal when they had Carey Price crappy team in front of them not that winnipeg has that much of a crappy team because they do have pretty solid top six uh but with no any defense hellebuck's gonna see a lot of rubber and when you're playing a team like edmonton or calgary or even vancouver nine ten times a, a season uh that's gonna get hard on uh, on hellebuck in their and on, on on their defense uh so I think Winnipeg's going to have a struggle just to make the top four. Uh, I mean, I don't think any team's going to run away with this division. I don't think there's a clear-cut winner person that's going to run away with it or even run away in the top four. I don't think there's going to be a big separation from four to – I would even go down as low as the Ottawa Senators because I don't think Ottawa – I don't think they're as bad a team as everyone thinks they're going to be. And uh, don't get me wrong. I'm like like Jacob said, I don't think they're going to finish – any higher than the basement, but I don't think they're going to be so far off that people are going to forget about them. That that's, they're going to play a spoiler in this, in this division. Pretty, pretty good, especially playing Montreal and Toronto 20, almost half of their games are going to be against Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. So, I think that, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that, um, that Winnipeg is definitely, that Winnipeg has addressed one need this offseason. One need was being their uh, second line center. Their second line center has been a question for multiple years. A couple of years back, they had Paul Stastny. He was great for them the one year he was there. But after that, nothing against Brian Little, but he's not a second-line center. He's ideally a third-line guy, but they finally brought in that ideal second-line center. But their defense is a big, big question mark. You've got Josh Morrissey and you've got Neil Pionk. Other than that, I'm not too sure what else. I know that uh, that uh, Brendan, Brendan – uh, no, Nathan Boldew. He's a nice guy, but I'm not too sure he's a guy you won't be playing 20 minutes a night. You know, yeah. he's a nice guy, but – you definitely need someone more, uh, someone, uh, someone like a Dustin Buffin. You know, just if only if they had a guy like Dustin Buffin. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Jets. Uh, they weren't. I mean, the only reason they were 
semi good last season was because of Hellebuck and oh, yeah, kept 100%. him in so many games. It was ridiculous. Uh, right. Going through the high amount of high danger chances that they gave up and uh, they didn't really change anything. So, um, yeah, the Jets are going to have a problem. Uh, let's go to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, uh, Jeremy, do you want to weigh in on the Oilers? What do you think uh, their chances are in this division? Any the big moves that they made? Um, I think they have the talent, but the problem is they didn't really address much of what they needed. Um, the secondary scoring is iffy. Um, like Treadshed, goaltending, they have to hope they get the best of the best from what they've got because they don't have much. Um, they did add Tyson Berry, but which Tyson Berry they're going to get, that's we'll have to wait and see for that. But um, definitely in the top four to make the playoffs, but I don't know exactly where they'll land. I th- I thought, I'll go ahead, Jacob. I think that uh, that, uh, that up front, Edmonton is a very lethal team. Obviously, they have Connor McDavid, they have Leon Drysaddle. I think Jesse Bowie Harvey is going to really, really earn a spot in the NHL this year. That might be me being wishful thinking, but I think that Jesse Bowie Harvey is finally in a crappy NHL. I think Kelly Yamamoto is going to get a shot too. But I'm not too sure. I'm not convinced of their depth. Their, their third line center is friggin' amazing. I don't even know if he's the center of this. I don't know where he plays, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins is great. You got Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins up front. Those are great guys. James Neal, he's good for 20 goals a year. He's pretty good. He got scored. He scored 19 last year. Even though it was at the first half of the season and the second half he wasn't as there, I think he's definitely a great guy to have on your team. But I'm not too sure defensively. Defensively is their big, big if issue. They've got uh, Osher Clefbaum. They've got uh, Darnell Nurse. They've got Adam Larson, who's okay. They, but they also, they've also brought in uh, Tyson Berry, as Treasure, or sorry, as Jeremy mentioned. And uh, he, he's Tyson Berry is a, is a gamble pen. He can either be really, really good like he was in Colorado, or if he doesn't fit, he could be like he was in Toronto where he wasn't the most effective player. Nothing against Tyson Berry, but I'm not too sure what he's going to play this year. If he's good, he can be definitely a Norris caliber player. If not, he can be a Cody C. I find with Edmonton, <clears throat> you mentioned Clefboom. Clefboom's not going to play most of this year because right. of an injury. So they have Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, uh, uh, Larson. Uh, I think the cleft boom injury is half the reason why Larson didn't get traded in the offseason. Uh, Barry's going to have to take that spot of cleft boom. I think the offense is there. I think what we've seen of Barry in Toronto was an unexposed Barry. Oh, 100%. And, and mm-hmm. So th- that's what you're going to get, I think, also at Edmonton. And I'll be honest, I don't think Barry was that terrible in Toronto. He just wasn't the same Barry he was before yeah. he got there. Uh, Evans' goaltending is going to kill them. That's what's going to hurt them. The the only thing that they have to to help them is the fact that with McDavid and Drysaitel, and is Drysaitel going to play left wing or center? So do they really have three centers or do they have two and a half centers? The thing in though, uh, Kyle Turris. I think Kyle Turris is a great guy to play in your third line center. I think he's a very valuable guy. He can even play up the lineup in case of injuries. I think their forward is great. Their forward core is pretty damn good, if you ask me. Their defense is. Iffy, but better than it was last year, 100%. Bringing Tyson Berry is a question mark. It's either good or bad. It all depends how he fits into the team. I think that Tyson Berry, all that matters is how he fits in. And their big question, obviously, is the goaltending that Trez mentioned. Mikko Koskinen is not a good goalie, if you ask me. He's uh, he's a perfect backup, but nothing more than that. 
And Mike Smith isn't the Mike Smith of 100%. I think, yeah, Mike Smith is an ideal backup goalie now. He used to be really good, just not anymore. Yeah, I agree with with everything you said. I mean, the thing is, is Edmonton, and I said this about Toronto before, and I say the same thing about Edmonton. They're not going to be good unless they have a good defense. And you you can have all the offense in the world and allow a bunch of goals and not have that. And it's just, it's never going to work. I think, I think Tyson Berry's a good ad, but he's not, I mean, he can be okay defensively, but that's not what he's known for. He's known for that puck moving uh, offensive uh, defenseman role. And I think in the end, that's not what Edmonton needs. They need that solid two-way defenseman. That's why I thought they should have gone for Chris Tanev. And uh, as I'll talk, you know, we'll talk a little later about the flames, but, uh, I think they should have went really hard for him because I think he they would have he would have helped him out a lot. Um, yeah, so let's go to the Calgary Flames and before we I get think, there, Matthew, I just yeah. want to say about Barry. If Kleppmoon was healthy, Barry would be a perfect fit in Edmonton as their yeah. in the in the in the second pairing. True, he'd be yeah, perfect yeah. fit. I think that would be a perfect year for him. But with Kleppmoon going down and per- Barry, the guy that's going to have to step up. He's going to see too many minutes is what I think the issue is going to be. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. Just That's okay. Go. No problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also the, Cal- the Calgary Flames, and they took two uh, Vancouver Canucks. They're uh, two big ones, Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom. Um, what do you guys think about the Flames uh, in this division? I, I think that the, the Flames' biggest ad this year is Haley Salvin. Okay, all jokes aside, Haley Salvin is a great, a great writer. I just wanted to mention her there. Uh, Flames, please take care of her. Anyways, I think that the Flames are going to do a lot better this year. They have great gold ending in Jacob Markstrom. I think he's going to light the lamp this year. I mean, light the lamp. Or, I think he's, he's going to pretend he's going to he's going to make the light he's he's going to make the lamp not lit. That's, what's, that's what's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they got some great players in hundred percent. I think they're. Uh, they addressed some great needs. They've already got a pretty good offense-ish. Uh, they got a decent defense that has even stepped up even higher. And they're goaltending. They got one of the best goalies in the league, hands down. Jacob Markstrom is going to be great for them, I believe. I think it's they, they had one of the better offseasons. They didn't get too, too many players, but the players they got fit the roles they needed to fill perfectly. Yeah, I, I predict uh, Calgary in my predictions to finish first in the uh, division. Uh, I mean, like I said, no, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. So if they don't, well, it's not going to shock me, but, uh, and I only say that's because I think they're the most well-balanced team in the, in, in the division. Uh, they're off. If Johnny Gaudreau brings his game back and last year was just a blip, then I think they'll be okay. They have solid defense, great goaltending, solid offense, three solid lines, a good fourth line. So Calgary's built right now. This is their, their time. This is their, with Markstrom coming in. I think it, it was the biggest, it's what they needed. They need a goaltending. They got it. Uh, but on the downside of that is Johnny Goodrow going to, was last year a blip or is he on his way down? So that's the way Calgary is. But if that's your only issue, then I don't think that's that bad of an issue. Uh, yeah, so I, I can see – to me, I did a prediction. So I had Calgary winning the division, followed by Toronto, Montreal, and I believe I had in – I don't know who was fourth. It was either Vancouver or Edmonton. I think it was Winnipeg, based on how, just based on Hellybuck. That's all. Mm-hmm. 
but Winnipeg at fourth. Ooh. <laughs> well, hey, I went through almost 10 years of a goaltender stealing playoffs for, for a team all by himself. There you go. So, you know, I, I, I Halley Buck can do that. Look what he did for him last year. They're basically the same team. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, Jeremy, you have anything to, to add about uh, Calgary? I think he's having technical difficulties there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so let's go to the Canucks, and uh, that's my team. That's uh, the team I cover for the Hockey Writers, and I think the Canucks did a really good job this offseason. They did not They did lose uh, Chris Tanev and Jacob Markstrom, but replacing with uh, Braden Holpe and uh, Nate Schmidt, and then Travis Hamannick looks like he's going to be signing with the Canucks too. So I think they did address those losses. I think Nate Schmidt's going to be a ridiculous ad for them, and his puck moving and the way he can do everything, kill penalties, uh, play power play. Uh, they still have uh, Pedersen and Hughes, two of the probably youngest studs in the NHL too. Uh, they're going to have, I think, maybe some issues with depth if some of the guys don't uh, pan out. But uh, Nils Hoglander is already looking pretty good in camp. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think the Canucks are going to be another one of those teams that surprises a lot of people. Um with the amount, with the players they have and the additions they made, uh, if Thatcher Demko and Braden Holby can form a really good tandem, I think they're going to be a good team um, and challenge the division there. Uh, but yeah, like I say, I, I think the the ads of Nate Schmidt being the biggest ad, I think for what the the cost they got him for it is ridiculous. So, uh, you have any things to add about the Canucks guys? I think it all comes down to whether or not. Ham, Hamnick and uh, Schmidt are going to replace uh, Stretcher and uh, Tanov. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, Schmidt was a great pickup for them. I agree. Uh, and is Brendan Holpe going to be still on the downward decline that he was, that he has been in in the last two years in Washington? Um, I'm Matt. I'm not sold on Vancouver. I'm really not. I think they're a one-line team. Um it's a very good line. It's one of the best lines in the NHL, but that's my opinion. I don't see it, but I don't see enough of Vancouver. I don't see them like you do. I live in Nova Scotia. I don't stay up that late to watch a Vancouver game. Sorry. <laughs> Not that important to me unless it's Montreal, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm not that sold on them again. I can see them making the playoffs and I can see them just not making the playoffs. Like it, it this is the division where from one to six, no offense, Jacob, but from one to six could flip flop 30 times to the end of the season. And I think the top, the, the four playoff teams are going to come down to the final couple games. Uh, all the, I think Ottawa is going to be a big spoiler in that. I think Ottawa is going to win some big games against Montreal and Toronto that then again, they could go 0 20. Who knows what's going to, what's going to happen. But I, I, I'm not as sold on Vancouver as you are, Matt, nothing against Vancouver. I just don't think they're as strong as the other four teams. I'll, I'll, I can see them being ahead of Winnipeg. I did say fourth on my thing, but I solely based it on their goaltending, and that was it. Uh, but what kind of Hopi are you going to get? And if Hopi's not ready, is Thatcher Demko going to be able to step in? And I'm, I'm big on Thatcher Demko. I think he's the goalie of the future, which is why I was kind of surprised with the signing of Hopi, to be honest with you. Um but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hope he got his turtles now. So 
everything should be should be should be okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with the things. I mean, the thing is that there is a lot of I think there is question marks right with the connect. So. <laughs> I think there is, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I think. Um, so let's let's go through some rapid fire questions um, for the teams that we all covered. Um, we'll start with you, Jacob. Uh, any the question marks going into the season for the Senators? Uh, any big question marks on their lineup right now? The biggest question mark is who fits where because the Auto Senators have a lot of a lot of but Pierre Dorian has also acquired a lot of veterans. So I'm not too sure what the plan is this year. Is the plan to just let the rookies play in the HL one more year, light it up, unfinished business, or is the plan to slowly ease them into the lineup and trade the veterans at the trade deadline? I'm not too sure. And with that being said, is there even going to be a trade deadline this year? Is there going to be trades this year allowed? That's my question there. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see for the trade deadline for sure, and uh, we can talk a lot about that. Uh, Hey, Trez, so Trez, what uh, what are question marks for the Montreal Canadiens going in? Uh, center. Uh, they're going with three rookie centers. It looks like it's going to be Suzuki, not rookies, but Suzuki, uh, Kotyemi, and Evans. They have three really young centers after Deneau. Um, And now, mind you, I think they installated him good enough with Anderson and Toffoli and uh, Lekin and Byron probably playing Corey Perry. Um, but my question mark on them is those – are they going to be a little step up? The whole premise of what Montreal did this year was based on the play of Cotton Yammy and Suzuki in the bubble. And now they have to prove themselves. And I think they will. But to me, I don't want to say that's a, that's a question mark to me as whether or not they're going to be able to, especially with the type of season it's going to be, that those three young players are going to be able to go through a playing three to four nights a week grind. That's, that's the biggest uh, question mark for Montreal right now. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Jeremy, are, are you still there? Or? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. We lost you there for a second before. <laughs> um, what do you think about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, big questions going into the season. Uh, I think the biggest two are who fills in on the bottom six. Um, they've brought in so much depth and it's a matter of who fits, who doesn't, who goes on the taxi squad. Um, and the other thing is pretty much know who the top four are on D. So that bottom pair is up in the air. And I guess we'll find out on opening night. Yeah. So, uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, players poised to break out and players that need to step up. We'll go roll those two questions into one. Uh, Jacob will start. Actually, we'll start with you, Trej, uh, on that one. Uh, poised to break out and players that need to step up for the Montreal community. Uh, player that needs to step up, Jonathan Drouet. He needs to have a, uh, I think, a breakout year. Uh, I was just talking to John Liu on my podcast, and he said he looks one like one of the better players on the ice so far for the Montreal Canadiens. Even having puck battles in the corner and winning them, which is something new for Jonathan Drouet. Uh, and I think uh, player, did you say player that's going to improve the most, or what was the yeah, second? like breakout breakout players? Yeah, uh, Nick Suzuki. I think Nick Suzuki is going to be their uh, top player that come out of uh, of the thing. And I think Josh Anderson's going to have a good year too, a good comeback year from last year. All right, uh, Jeremy for the for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Poised to break out and that player needs to step up. 
I think if they both uh, make the opening roster, I'm looking at uh, Mikheyev. Um, it was sad to see him get sidelined with that horrible wrist injury because he was playing really well. So I think if he can find that gear again, he can break out this season. And uh, I think on defense, I think Sandin is uh, ready to take that next step. Yeah, I really like Rasmus Sandin. It's a... He's, he's going to be a stud defenseman moving forward. I really like him, too. <laughs> anyway, Jacob, we'll finish it out with, uh, with you for players to break out, uh, players who need to step up. All right, so for the Senators, I think that Brady Kachuk is definitely going to like have a blower year this year. If you look at Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, it took his first two years, he was starting to get his feet in the water. His third year, he absolutely blew up, scored 33 goals. I'm not saying that Brady Kachuk is going to score 33 goals in a shortened season, but I think he's definitely going to get too close to a point per game this year. He's definitely going to step it up score-wise, and I think he's finally growing into the player he wants to be. He's been a great player for Ottawa so far, but I think he's going to go from here to here, that whole step up higher. Another player I think is definitely going to be Thomas Chabot. Thomas Chabot has been phenomenal for Ottawa so far, but I think last year, transitioning into a much bigger role, I think he's now ready to become one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I'm not saying he's going to win Norris this year or anything like that, but I think he's definitely going to establish himself as one of the best this year. I think that's for sure there. And I want to say Timmy Stutzla, but I don't want to put too, too much hype on the guy. I love Timmy Stutzla, but it's going to be his rookie year. Give him some time. You know, I think he's going to be a first-line talent eventually. I, I just want to give him some time to ease into that, though. He's a great player. He won the best forward of the whole World Junior uh, 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 World Junior Championship, and he played phenomenally. He carried Germany big time. I can't wait to see what he has there. I also, I think that a player who needs to definitely step up, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll name three of them. Number one, I'm going to go with Colin White. I don't think Conrad is bad by any means. I just think he's got to step up from the last year. Last year was, wasn't his best year at all. I'm a big Colin White fan. I've been a big fan since we ever drafted him. I, I, I love Colin White. But I think last year was a, was a disappointing year for him. I think he definitely has a chance to embrace a new role, a bigger role, and definitely uh, try to bring back some, some, consist- some consistency in his game. Defensively, he was not bad, but offensively last year was not his best suit. And I think he's going to try to find – a way to balance both defense and offense. And I think he's going to find a way to do that in for great line this year. My second one is going to be Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney, in my opinion, is one of the most average players in the NHL. He's not bad, but he's not great. I think he does good at what he does, but he's nothing special. And I think he wants to prove that he is special. That's my thoughts on Chris Tierney. And last but not least, I'm going to mention Matt Murray. Matt Murray won two Stanley Cups in his rookie season. He is a great goaltender, but the last couple of years, he hasn't had the best game and best flow. He just didn't look as confident on the ice. I think he's got to definitely find a way to um, wow the, the Sens and prove that he's worth that $6 million cap hit. That's all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for the Canucks, I've got uh... – for poised to break out. And I mean, not saying uh, Quinn Hughes is kind of probably already broken out, but I think he's going to break out even more this season and with more strength in his, uh, you know, development that uh, I think Quinn Hughes and then uh, uh, for players that need to step up, I say Jake Bertanen. Jake Bertanen is one of those guys that, you know, a couple of seasons he's, he hasn't really. And then he kind of broke out. A, he kind of broke out of it a bit last season. And then, all of a sudden kind of took another step back in the playoffs and he has to step up. He's got to be that 
top six forward for the Canucks, and I think he's he's definitely one guy that needs to step up for the, for them uh, this season. Yeah. So uh, Jacob, uh, some rookies to watch for the Ottawa Senators going into this season. So basically, uh, I think there are just, there's definitely going to be a lot of rookies who are going to stand up this year, but it all depends who plays and who doesn't plays. This whole uh, uh, um, season is going to be completely different. I thought that for a while the Senators were just going to play rookies, but at the same time, now that it's all a Canadian division, it's going to be a much tougher division. I don't think that Pierre Dorian wants to put too, too much uh, uh, stress on the young guys. So if they earn their spot in the lineup, great, but it's not the – Worst if we don't this year, there's always next year. So I think the guy, guys who are definitely going to be interested in, and if you guys are gonna definitely be interested in watching are, first of all, Kenny Stutzla. I'm super happy the guy. I'm a big fan of him. I don't think he's going to score 50 goals and 100 points this year, like I said earlier, but I think he's definitely going to turn some heads. He's definitely going to contend for the Calder in my opinion. I'm honestly most likely going to put money on that. I think Tim Stutzla is a great player, and he's just – Perfect. He's a playmaker. He can shoot. The, he can shoot the puck. He makes his player. He makes everybody around him better, as you saw in the World Junior Cup this year. And honestly, he's got a great side too. What's not to love about Timmy Stutzla? Second of all, um, it all depends on if Josh Norris plays or not. Last year was his rookie year in the AHL, and he blew everyone away. He, uh, I think, he was fifth in the entire league in scoring or something like that, and he was top ten or whatever. But he played really damn good. But I'm not too sure if he plays in the NHL this year. I think he plays one more year in the NHL. Same thing with Logan Brown. Does Logan Brown crack the lineup or does he not? It all depends. I know he's. I know it, 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 it said that he's playing pretty damn good in the, uh, the training camp. But you never know with these things. You know, as much as I want Logan Brown to succeed, I think if he wants to succeed, it's going to have to be somewhere else in Ottawa. On that note, I'm also going to say Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson is a great player. I, I think this. I think the second line right wing spot is his spot to lose. But you never know. You never know how training camp happens. But if he makes the play at the NHL this year, I think he's going to turn some heads. He's going to definitely be uh, a great player to watch. If my my uh, breakdown of his game is he plays a lot like Mark Stone. Hell, even when uh, in in the draft uh, draft interviews and draft combine, he said he he thinks he plays like Mark Stone. So that's pretty cool. He already plays with Mark Stone. We all knew what Mark Stone went to Ottawa. Let's make it happen, you know? And last, lastly, you never know uh, on, on defense if Eric Branstrom plays in the NHL or the AHL this year. You turn some heads in the in Europe this, uh, I'm going to call it preseason. But he, he played that and he played pretty good in Europe. But is that going to translate to the smaller ice service in North America? So far, it hasn't, but it might. It's, there's a lot of question marks currently when it comes to rookies for this year. And on that note, that's all for me. Yeah, I, I like Timmy Stutzla too. I, I actually picked him the last podcast. I just recorded on another podcast, and I picked him to win the Calder. So I'm uh, I'm on I'm on Stutzla train. So, <laughs> um, so we'll go to Jeremy at Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, any rookies that uh, we should be watching out for this season? Uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Nicholas Robertson makes the team out of camp, but uh, if not, he's definitely going to be on the taxi squad. Um, I think he showed that he can compete at the NHL level when he played for the Leafs in the bubble. Um, another one is I want to see what uh, Miko Latonen brings. He's coming over from Finland, um, so we'll see how he adapts to the NHL ice. Um, Looks like they have high praise for him, 
uh, at camp so far. And uh, those are my top two. Yeah, that uh, Nick Robertson's a hell of a player. I, I love watching him too. So uh, I think he's going to be turning some heads this season. Uh, Trez, what uh, what are Montreal Canadiens? Uh, any rookies that uh, we should be looking out for? Well, they only really got one rookie, and that's Alexander Romanov. Uh, you could say Jake Evans is going to be a rookie, but he did play 20 some odd games over 25 games last year. So based on, uh, uh, dangles, uh, rookie pyramid, 25 games doesn't kind of constitute you being a rookie anymore. So, uh, um, I think Alexander Romanov is going to surprise turn a lot of heads. He has the, uh, I said, mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's the first one on the ice, last one on the ice, uh, they're playing him on the right side, and he looks very comfortable. He's an older 20-year-old. By that, I mean he's played two years in the KHL. Uh, granted, limited minutes due to the fact that uh, the KHL doesn't like uh, people who aren't staying. And uh, um, But he's looked comfortable on the right side. He, he's he's uh, uh, Right now, Montreal has them on, their, uh, on the point for their second power play. And uh, all things point right now. He's playing on the third pairing with Kulak, but I can see him moving up to pair again with uh, Shea Weber, probably before midway through the season. I can see him on the top line. I can see him getting some Calder votes. Um, I think it's going to be either Lafreniere or Stutzel that wins that. I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't see. I don't see him stealing. I don't think him. Ha- I don't see him having a, car- a Macar type uh, season to. Uh, which is what he'd have to have in order to win the Calder Trophy out of one of them two, or have them two guys fail miserably. Um, um, but uh, yeah, he's about the only rookie they have. Uh, Jake Evans, I think he's going to be a solid fourth line center, and that's all you can really ask for for the fourth line. He's not going to turn any heads or anything. He might kill some penalties, and he's going to play the fourth line. So, uh, but uh, I think look out for Romanov. He's going to be. I think he's the real deal. And uh, I think he's going to be a good addition to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, uh, for the Canucks, I, I mentioned him earlier, Nils Hoglander, on, on another podcast. And uh, he's already showing a lot in, in training camp and the scrimmages. And, I mean, it's just scrimmages. But he is playing He's playing on the second line with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson right now. And he's looked really good. So I think look out for Hoglander. A lot of people aren't with me on that, thinking that he's not uh, – the real deal, I I think he is. I've watched, followed him for uh, since he was drafted uh, by the Canucks, and his motor, his skill, his creativity. I think uh, he's ready for the NHL. He may not be. He's not going to put Elias Pettersson uh, numbers up when he won the Calder, uh, but he's going to be an impressive addition to the Canucks. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, and I'll say that uh, say that right now. Uh, another one. Uh, I think for the Canucks, I, Ole Ulevi, I think is going to be a solid defenseman for the for them this year. And he is a rookie. He's uh, a long time coming, I think. And uh, Ulevi, I think, is going to be a solid part of the the blue line, killing penalties and stuff. So I think I think he's going to be good. And then finally, uh, Jack Rathbone's looked really good in camp as well. I don't know if he's got a spot on the team, but. Uh, he's going to be a stud defenseman moving forward and may not be this season, but uh, I think Jack Rathbone's going to be a solid addition to the blue line in the future. It may be sometime this season. Uh, we don't know. But with injuries, he may be part of the taxi squad. I think 
those are the three for the Canucks uh, to look out for uh, moving forward too. So um, yeah, that's for me. And uh, so finally, uh, before we start wrapping up, I, where do you think uh, your teams will finish uh, in this new uh, North division uh, format and this division here? Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Jeremy. Where do you think the Maple Leafs are finishing uh, this season? I think they got the talent to finish first, but I don't think it's a guarantee. So I'm just going to – I'll pick the top two. Uh, so I uh, tried to run out the Canadians. Uh, third. I think they'll finish behind Calgary, Toronto. And, uh, Jacob, where do you see the Senators finishing? I don't think the Senators are going to finish the bottom. I don't think they're going to finish seventh, but they're not going to be in the top three or four. I'd say they're going to be better than Edmonton and Winnipeg, but no better than that. I think they're going to be like fifth. Four for, like no more, no no better than fifth in the division, in my opinion. I think, I think the Sens are – yeah, they're going to surprise. I think they're not going to be – as bad as everyone's kind of placing them. Everyone's placing them last. And I think they're a lot better of a team with just the additions they made. Uh, their goaltending is a lot better. Uh, as I mentioned, Thomas Shabbat, he's, I love watching him play too. I think he's probably one of the best uh, young defensemen in the league right now too. So there's just so many, there's so many young defensemen in the NHL right now. That's just, it's going to be fun to watch in the future. All of them all develop. So, um, yeah, the Sens are going to be one that I think is going to kind of maybe sneak up on a few teams, but they're not making the playoffs, I don't think. Hey, Chad, I, I have a question for you. Would you rather have Tim Stutzla or just Barry Kotkaniemi? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't you, know, I would, you know what? Based on what I've seen, Kotkaniemi, and I've watched him in Finland with uh, – Asset or Pori Asset, or as I like to call him on our show, Ass Porn. Um, <laughs> um, I like Cotton Yenemi. I think Cotton Yenemi is going to be a one, a one C, a one B uh, center of the future. Um, I've never had him uh, compared to Stutzel's always Kachuk, which didn't make sense to me because one's a winger, one's a center. Two different styles of play. Um, but Cotton Yenemi's a big boy. He's gritty. He's, uh, He's not afraid to throw the gloves down. Just ask the uh, Philadelphia guy there because he uh, starts with an H. I forget his name now. Anyway, he gets ass kicked by this young Finnish guy. Um, Stutzel's a he's a different type of player. So I think in the same draft, they're both centers. I think Stutzel would have been picked over Cottonyami regardless, just based on pure talent. Um so it's hard to compare a 2018 draft guy with a 2020 draft guy That's just yeah. just simply based on the fact that, you know, if Stutz was available at the time, I don't think Kakiyemi's ranked as high. I still think yeah. Kakiyemi had a chance to go top 10. But uh, so saying that, I'll go to – I'm going to say Kakiyemi just based on where I see him ending up. Uh, oh, and just because I can't really compare the two. If they're both in the same draft, I'd take Stutzel over. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Just, to be, just to be clear, that wasn't a hate on Kotkaniemi. It was just – No, a, no <laughs> I get it. Kotkaniemi is going to be a great player, 100%. I think he's going to be perfect. 
one A, one type, one B thing. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a superstar in the league, but I think he's going to be a legit first line center. And that's what Montreal can get. He's going. I'm going to throw this at Jeremy. He's going to be a Joe Thornton type player, not the 77 year old Joe Thornton Toronto has now, <laughs> but the uh, that's going to be playing on the top line apparently. Um, but the uh, the young Joe Thornton, he's gonna he's not going to score a shit ton of goals, maybe 20, 22, but he's going to get. 30 30 he's gonna he's gonna be about a 60 point guy with like 30 35 40 assists is what it, what he what he's gonna have so um yeah that's what i think yeah i, I like cocking yemi and uh but comparing him to stutzla it's, it's yeah they're two different players and that's it's hard to compare uh they play two totally different styles too so i mean i think like you said, I think Stutzla does still get picked first over him in the same draft, but it's it's difficult to compare the two, and especially when one's more developed than the other right now. Um, but Kakanyemi kind of made me believe in him a bit more in the playoffs when he kind of turned it around from the regular season that he had. I mean, he kind of took over and started showing what he can actually be in the playoffs, so I, I think I think Kakinyemi is going to be a very solid player moving forward for the Canadians. And again, they, they've got crazy depth now at center. I mean, with, with Suzuki now. So, and that, that was all because of the playoffs and just having them in the playoffs. And that's, that's, I think what, why the Canadians are, are now kind of being in that position where they could be a team to watch. And it's going to be very exciting to watch. The Montreal Canadiens are probably my, second favorite team. So uh, the one that I've followed my dad has been a uh, fan since the, the big, the big boys were, were playing. So <laughs> uh, I, I like Montreal. Uh, I like Toronto. I like the only thing I'll say about Toronto, Jeremy, and I'm not throwing crap at you, but I think they're one injury <laughs> away from disaster. If, if, if Marner Matthews or Tavares goes down like for a long period of time or Riley or Muzzin on the back end, I think, you guys have, Anderson. I think you guys are going to, you know what? I think Campbell can step up. I don't think, yeah. I don't think goaltending is their problem. Actually, uh, I'm yeah. not, I don't mind Anderson. I think Anderson's I a good goalie. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I, don't think, I think we got, we have the depth, but the depth that we have is basically all bottom six. Mm. You, you have the depth Montreal had last year. That's the way I look at Toronto. Montreal last year went on those two, eight game losing streaks because they lost top six players and couldn't replace them. And I think that's what Toronto's going to have. I'm yeah, not saying it's going to happen to Toronto, but I think they're a, an injury away. Mm -hmm. Same with Winnipeg. Winnipeg's defense is so crappy that they're an injury away from finishing last. Yeah, definitely. Kelly Buck goes down. Winnipeg's going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that Toronto definitely did, uh, did, uh, did, did get a lot better than last year. Like last year, they had basically not too, too much depth on the defense. No offense. And uh, for a while, they had only Frederick, Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson is a great goalie. Don't get me wrong. He's an amazing goalie, top 10 in the league, in my opinion. But you don't want him playing 60 games a year. And with three wicked goals, you've got Frederick Anderson, Jack Campbell, and Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell. They got Hutchinson. They got Hutchinson, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't count on it okay <laughs> yeah one more question actually for uh for for, uh, for jeremy uh you said you 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 said you wouldn't mind seeing nick robertson in the taxi squad 
would you rather would you rather him play being a practice squad, see maybe two or three games in a year, or would you rather him pair him up in the in the, in the AHL? Um, I'd have to look into it, but as far as I know, I don't think he can play in the AHL. So it's either that's right, 19. That's right. He's only 19. Yeah. yeah. So like he's too good to be sending back to the OHL. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, the AHL has a deal that they can play a CHL as long as it's not playing, can play in the AHL under waivers if they're underage okay. uh, for this season and this season only due to the fact that they have no idea when the CHL is going to start playing. I only know this because Caden Gooley looks like he's probably going to play for the Laval Rocket only because uh, the Western Hockey League hasn't started their league right yet. So there will be waivers. So technically Nick Robertson could play for the Marlies uh, under this new waiver system. Yeah, and I think whatever the – Whatever the waiver rules are for the taxi squad, I think that's one of the reasons why he'd be on it is because the waivers is the same. So yeah, he's, he's one exempt. of the guys that doesn't have to clear to come up. I, yeah, I, per- I, I like that question, Jacob, because I personally I like I like Nick Robertson and I, I think he would be better off in a in a full season of AHL hockey starting in February yeah. than than yeah, on the taxi exactly. squad. But I see what Jeremy's saying too. At least this guy I think he makes the team anyway, so I think it's a mute point. But because uh, I don't see your their bottom six being, I don't think he'll have a hard time cracking their bottom six. Just to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but another question: No rises that. Would you rather Nick Robertson play what eight minutes night in the bottom six, or would you rather him play fifteen to twenty minutes on the first line in the AHL? That's my question. What's more beneficial for his development? Would you rather him playing a more defensive role in the bottom six, which seems going to be the situation or would you rather embrace a much more offensive role in the AHL? I think that it definitely impacts more for him, his growth if he plays more minutes. That's just my thought though. I think you're right with the fact that he would get the more minutes and play more of his style at the AHL level. But I also Mm -hmm. see, you know, if he makes the third line, that kind of role, adding that to his game on top of his offense can only help him as well. I know that was a big big issue with Ryan Paling last year, not getting the puck. Like he played 27 games or something with Montreal last year and barely touched the puck playing eight minutes a game. And I think that really hampered his – because you have to remember Ryan Paling had one game going into last year. Sure, it was a good game against the Leafs that sat half their defense. Mm -hmm. Not that they had a good defense to begin with, but – no, um, no offense, Jeremy, but <laughs> um, but everyone base thought he was going to be this 25, 30 goal scorer coming into the next year. And he only played one game of pro hockey. That was it. And Montreal, he, he made the team, Montreal's team. Then uh, he got sent down, got brought back up. But uh, Craig Button said it best. If you're not playing with the puck on your stick, you're not learning anything. So He's- you're just out there skating. So yeah. it's a tough call, um, but with this type of year, this type of season, I think you want to get as much hockey in as you can. And I think if you can play eight minutes with the Leafs and play 58 games as opposed to like 40 games or whatever, because the AHL is only going to have four teams in the Canadian division. So you're going to be playing Laval, Belleville, and uh, uh, Manitoba 14 times each or something stupid like that. Jeez. That's fair. 
is he going to be safe down there? That's that's another thing because then it's the AHL. You're going to have a bunch of guys like Brendan Baddock and a whole bunch of guys like that that are just out there to wreak havoc. And that's a tough call. That's a good question. That's uh, I guess that's why you have masterminds like Kyle Dubas and that in the up in Brendan Shanahan that are going to make those decisions. Yeah. But again, that goes too. If much, if, if Toronto has a big injury, uh, Nick Roberts could be the guy that fills in though. Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the question with the Canucks too. Like there with Hoglander, like, you know, if he, he looks like he's going to make the team, but it'd be nice to have him on hand, even if he doesn't, to, you know, to fill in a top six uh, yeah. role. And it's, it, it is a tough question uh, to see what where they're better off playing. Are they better off being around the team with NHL players, uh, with NHL coaches, or or down in the in the AHL playing a lot of minutes and uh, developing that way? It, it's going to be a tough a tough call for a lot of the general you know the general managers and the coaching staff uh, for a lot of teams. I think uh, especially yeah. The, the waiver thing for the taxi squad is going to be the big thing. Like, yeah, I mean, at, at, for Montreal, they're over the cap by $1.1 million. And in order to send people down, like the best guy to send down is Paul Byron. No one's going to pick up his contract. It's 3.4 million for No one's going to pick that up for a fourth line player. However, do you want a caliber of Paul Byron on sitting on your taxi squad? Not really. Right. So who do you send down? Victor Mete. I don't think anyone's going to pick him up. Jordan wheel. No one's going to pick him up. So in Toronto's case, who do you send to the taxi squad that you don't want to lose? I don't even even understand the taxi squad so much. I think when I was looking over the players that might be on the taxi squad, there's probably a good four or five that don't even have to clear waivers, which helps the loose. The Leafs are, are in a good situation, but the Leafs are going to have to bury some have to bury cap as well. So, yeah, it's looking like Pierre Engvall. If he doesn't make the team, that's the one that's going down because he's making one point one. Mm. And I don't mm. know. I mean, there might be a team out there that wants a guy one point one for their fourth line, but that's probably their best bet. But waivers are going to be weird too because no one in America is going to pick up a Canadian waiver. Yeah, yeah. you got to wait seven days for. Not only do you got to pick them up. You got to wait seven days to get him. As you're waiting for that seven days, he has to play a certain amount of games in on your team before you can put him back on waivers. So it's going to be weird. I don't think there's going to be much moving at all in the NHL, to be honest this year. I don't think that that trading's honestly even going to be allowed this year. They are. They'll be allowed. There's a trade deadline. Really? Well, okay. There's an American one and a Canadian one. (laughs) I I don't. As far as I know, you can trade. As far as from what I've seen. From what Bettman said, you can trade with any team you want, um, but they're going to have to follow the seven-day protocol yeah, to, yeah. to to go to America or vice versa. I just don't see teams bothering to do that. I just don't see it. Well, look look what the Canucks uh, Travis Hamannick has to do the seven-day uh, thing before he can even join camp, and uh, yeah. he's on a PTO. So it's like uh, Corey hey. Perry, same way. He had to wait an extra day. He only started playing yesterday. Yeah. or practicing yesterday because he had to do his uh, – they have Jesse Yolanin coming over from uh, uh, Europe. He's going to have to wait his seven days when he gets in here. So the season will be already started by the time he 
shows up. Yeah, season will be already started by the time he shows up. So is he just going to get thrown on the taxi squad or it's it's screwed up. It's really it's really messed up, but it'll be an interesting season for sure. Yeah. So uh, just to finish up uh, here, what let's grab a bold prediction uh, for a team, uh, either the team or NHL in general uh, from each of you. Uh, let's start with uh, Jacob, a uh, bold prediction for the Senators. I think that they're not going to finish the bottom of the league. I think that they're going to be surprised. Not They're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they actually have a chance of contending. Not making the playoffs, but being close to it. That's yeah, my I, I agree with that. And I think that Thomas Spot gets nominated. It's not necessarily nominated, but it's in the discussion for the most of Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, treasure out the Canadians. Uh, Montreal wins the North Division and goes to the uh, semifinals. Not saying they win the division, like finish first. I'm saying they make the playoffs and go right to the semifinals, to the final four. Nice. Uh, Jeremy with the Maple Leafs. Uh, Toronto winning the division and going to the conference finals. So you you think their bold predictions they're actually going to win a playoff round? Yeah, that's a bold <laughs> prediction. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Sorry, Jeremy. I had to. I had to. Hey, it's okay. That's what we're supposed to do to each other, right? <laughs> there you go. It's in our blood. <laughs> my my bold prediction: uh, Nils Hoglander is going to score twenty goals. Ooh, making bold. the team and and twenty goals, so fifty-eight games, twenty goals. Woo. Oh wait, like we got the fifty-six game thing. I'm gonna go <laughs> on pace. We'll go okay. pace for yeah. on pace for twenty. If it was an eighty-two, I keep I forget fifty-six games. A twenty-goal season is actually pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my bold prediction for the league: Nick McKinnon has over seventy points. That's fair. My bold prediction for the league. Cody CC wins the Norris. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Jacob, I'll never have you on my show. Ever. <laughs> you were here. Now, now you're here. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can call you a friend anymore. Hey, dude, we had to suffer Cody CC for eight years. Or <laughs> It's almost as bad as saying P.K. Subban will win another true Norris. Okay, okay. P.K. Subban is going to lead the league in points. P.K. Subban. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I, I suppose he's single now. He got nothing to lose. <laughs> no, for real, though, I think that P.K. Subban is on a revenge tour this year. He's not going to be his former self, but he's going to be better than last year. 100%. I, I like P.K., yeah. PK's problem is he has too many injuries. He's, he's not going to be the same as he was. Uh, his style of play, he gets hurt too much. That and he has a very big ego. It's nice to think yeah. himself, but it's gotten to the point where he thinks he's better than everybody else and he thinks he's proven himself. But honestly, you've never completely proven yourself until you're consistent throughout your entire career. That's my thought on it. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, the hockey season is just around the corner. It's only less than a week away and uh yeah, it's exactly when we when we th- oh, exactly a week away now yeah um it's it's going to be an interesting season to watch for everyone and all these divisions and all these opponents that rarely play each other it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch it's going to be hockey almost every day too so uh it's going to be fun and uh thanks guys for coming on the show uh we had jeremy uh from 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He covers the Toronto Maple Leafs for Overtime Heroics and editor in Leaf. Uh, you can follow him at uh, on Twitter at J-E-R-M-Z-13. Um, thanks, uh, Jeremy, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's all my pleasure. Uh, we also had uh, Trudge Wilson uh, covering the Montreal Canadiens uh, for the Hockey Writers. He also has a podcast, Habs Unfiltered. And uh, he also, yeah, he, he does a lot of writing for the Hockey Writers. And uh, thanks, Trudge, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. And finally, we also had uh, Jacob. Uh, I'm going to try to say your last name, Larivière. Larivière. Very bad. Larivière. Yeah. So there you go. Um, he covers the Ottawa Senators and uh, he's a site expert at Send Shot. He's also director of hockey at Overtime Heroics. He's also a podcast as well, producer for New Era Sends. Uh, thanks, uh, Jacob, for coming on the show as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it's going to be fun to. Uh, to follow the league this year and write, uh, do a lot of writing. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stories uh, to write about. So, uh, I'm actually, yeah, it's going to be fun.